right. I guess we could have hummed along with that one. <laughs> Usually we get music or something, but hey, all right. Well, good morning. How are you guys doing? All right. Uh, so it's good to see everybody back. Um, in case you uh, missed last week, it was an exceptional service. <laughs> that was for those of you who really did miss and don't know that you didn't miss anything because there was a hurricane. Hey, uh, this morning as we get started, so last week was kind of, I don't know how it was for you guys, but it was a little bit anxiety uh, producing as, you know, I had to be up a little bit early to, uh, like really early, to just say, hey, where's this thing at? What kind of form is it in? Um, and uh, what, is, what does that mean for us? And uh, as many of you guys know, there are churches down on the Gulf Coast right now that really don't have to ask that question at all because they have what looks like a category four coming in. On the day, 16 years later, that Katrina came in. Um, so there is, uh, I think there's a lot of people down there kind of, I, I don't know. Uh, I would like to just maybe take some time and to lift them up and to pray together that God would uh, keep people safe, um, not, even though this seems to be repeating itself, not have it repeat itself, because that was a horrendous uh, several months and really disrupted some people's lives for way beyond that as well. So uh, let's, just, let's just take some time. I'm going to allow you uh, for some time of silent prayer to just lift uh, churches up there, lift people up there, lift the, the communities that, you know, after 16 years are probably finally just feeling like they've rebuilt. Um, but if we could pray for them and then I'll lead us in a prayer. Father God, you are, the, you are the creator of the universe. You are the one who has um, put this world together, put us together. You have created time and space so that we could live and uh, walk and know you, that there would be space for um, changes to occur in our lives, changes for the good that follows sometimes changes for the not so good. Uh, and Father, all of that is made possible because of this world that you framed. But Father, we also know that there are things that happen in this world that um, are not those gifts that come from your hand. They are um, they are the result of, the, of things that are broken, having gone awry, whether in the heavenly places, whether in nature, whether in our own lives. And uh, Father, sometimes there are incredible prices that are paid uh, because of that brokenness that is in this world as well. Uh, Father, we were so grateful last week because we saw a storm that looked like it was going to threaten us dissipate before it ever hit shore. And it brought a lot of rain and it brought some wind and it brought some disruption, but not, not a tremendous amount. But we know that we have brothers and sisters that are down in Louisiana, down in Texas, down in Florida right now, 
down in the panhandles of Mississippi and Alabama who are bracing for yet another um, tremendously uh, devastating storm. And Father, we pray along with them that you would buffer, that you would uh, take the wind out of that storm, that you would uh, settle it down as much as possible. And even if that storm comes ashore, that you would protect the lives and the buildings and the businesses and the, uh, the many uh, communities that are along, uh, that make up that, that area, that make up that region. Father, we have um, brothers and sisters in Christ that are down there, and there are thousands who don't even know you who are down there. But I know that there are many who are crying out for protection and for help. So we lift them to you. We ask God that you would send your angels to surround, to get people to where they need to be to be safe. That you would hold up walls when they want to fall. That you would keep floods down when they want to rise. That you will help us see a dramatically different impact than what we saw 16 years ago. Father, it's not our power. When we're faced with stuff like this, we see that it's not about our power. It's not about our ability. There are things that are too big for us. And in those times, we, we cry out together to you. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we lift up the many lives that are represented in that place and the many livelihoods that are represented uh, throughout that region. And we ask you to hold them uh, in your sovereign hand, in your powerful hand. Protect them and keep them. Father, they would see your face shine even in the midst of a storm. That they would see you be gracious to them. That they would see, and your people would see you lift up your face even within them. That there would be many stories of those who have reached out and helped others in the midst of that trouble as well. That you would bring them peace. Pray these things in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, that was kind of a crazy week last week. I, I don't want to go into it too much, but, uh, you know, I've, I've been through a lot of things. I'm going to touch on that a little bit, but uh, that was the closest I have ever been to a hurricane. I think it's probably the closest I want to be to a hurricane. It was, it was just, it was unnerving enough to see something that big coming up your direction, um, uh, even though it ended up kind of fizzling out a bit, uh, I was glad not to have had to have gone through it. Um, it is good to look out and see you guys all here. It's good to see uh, God gathering his people back together. We've been through a lot of different kinds of storms. Last week was a literal storm. Uh, we have been through about two years of storm, and it seems to keep kind of uh, roiling back up for many people as we think about sending kids back to school and and uh, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in our world. We see storms over in the Middle East as we have uh, troops that are trying to withdraw and people that are trying to, uh, refugees that are trying to escape a regime that they, they question their safety in. Um, there's a lot going on in this world. And one of the reasons we put this, uh, this particular uh, series in place is we're, we're talking about what it means to be the body of Christ, what it means to come together. 
And the reason that one of the reasons that we come together is because there are some things that we can do on our own, but there are some things that we can do in no other way than when we come together. God says that there's something about, we, we pray on our own, but God says there's something very powerful when God's people come together and they pray together and they lift up uh, these things and they go into really uh, kind of into the battle that is ours, which is this battle in that place of prayer in the spiritual world where we, um, we have authority as God's people, as Christ's own, as God's own children. And there's something very important about doing that together. And so it's good to see everybody come together. God has called some amazing people uh, into this place and into this church. Uh, I hope that one of the things that you hear clearly, uh, loud and clear, uh, on the weeks, you know, week after week, as you tune in or as you are a part of these services, is how much, how strongly we believe uh, in the value, the, the potential, the power, the the importance of every single individual. You know, God's word says that he has made every single one of us in his own image, in his own image, and that he has gifted us and he has wired us, he has crafted us to have impact that no other can have. We have a place in his plan and in his purposes that no other person can fill. You know, you think about this last month and we watched the, the Olympics, right? We saw some people accomplish some incredible feats of dexterity, of, of athleticism. And then you watch the Paralympic Games that follow after that and you see how strong, how powerful God has made people that they can either accomplish some amazing things even when they face incredible uh, struggles or incredible obstacles physically, when literally body parts, they don't have them and still they accomplish these things. We talked a couple weeks ago about a man that Jesus met and he had a legion of demons living inside of him. A legion. That's thousands and thousands and thousands of demons living inside of him. And yet, he not only withstood them, he, he survived this. Even after he had been abandoned by family, he had been abandoned by his community, he was standing alone, and yet still you see that strength that God has woven into us as those who have been created in his image. Amen? So I hope you hear that loud and clear. But there's another message that we need to hear from Scripture that's just as loud and just as clear in Scripture, and that comes, we're going to be looking at Ecclesiastes 4, Verse 9 through 12. So let's stand and listen to God's word together. God's word says, There's no doubt that one is amazing. Every one of us is amazing. But listen to these words. Two are better than one. Two are better than one. They get more work done together. If either one of them falls, the other can help their companion up. But the one who falls when there is no one to help them up is in a very bad situation. If two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one stay warm all alone? And if there is a threat that can overcome the one who is alone, two can resist that threat. And then it adds this, and three, <laughs> right? One's good. One is awesome. Two is better than one. But a cord of three strands woven together is not easily torn apart. You know, individuals are amazing 
because God has created them that way. He has created each and every one of us in an amazing way to accomplish amazing things for him. But two are better than one. We have this amazing inner strength alone. But he said, there's also the strength that I want you to know and discover that is a strength that comes from pushing inward to the community and being a part of that community and seeing how God used all of you, not just each one of you. Today, the message we're going to be hearing is called inward strength. Father, this morning, open our ears to hear you, open our eyes to see you. I pray that your spirit would be free to move and to speak in this place, and not just in this location, but to every person who has tuned in, every person who is listening online, that, Father, you would be using these words to speak to their heart as you call us not just to stand strong on our own, but to stand strong as a body. In those things that are too big for any one of us, you have said that's why you gave every one of us that we might together be one heart, one mind in Christ and might see amazing things happen through the body of Christ, through your church, your community. So, Father, come and change our hearts, change our perspectives, change whatever it is that needs to be changed so that we might be the church that you have intended and called us to be. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. So like I said, uh, you know, I've been through storms in the past. Uh, Carrie and I, we've lived in the Midwest several times. We've been very close to uh, some very, we've, we've seen tornadoes. They haven't been the big ones. Uh, they've actually kind of dropped out of the sky over our house and stuff like that. We've, we've been near the big ones. We were about 50 minutes away from Joplin. Uh, we were out on our back porch with several uh, friends when the uh, tornado sirens went off in our town too, telling us that something was coming on the day that Joplin was hit by that F5. I have been through some uh, enormous earthquakes. Uh, one time I sat down and my sister and I figured out that we had out of the top 10 earthquakes in the last 100 years in California, we had been in four or five of them. Um, so we've been through some major earthquakes, but that, was, that hurricane last week was the first time and I was looking at that, I was going, you know, we've been, I've seen earthquakes, I've seen, you know, tornadoes. How much worse can this be? But that was a one. It went to a tropical storm. I don't ever want to do that again. That was just, I, I wouldn't want to see a hurricane. Um, when you see that kind of thing. And I think that God brings those things into our lives at times. Because in this day of technology, it's easy for us to, re, to think that we have a handle on pretty much everything. And there are many things that we can handle, that we can handle alone, that even we can kind of handle together. But natural disasters, a major disaster is not one of those, right? And sometimes even a major disaster that happens in our lives uh, is, is, is too big for us. And that's when we need to know that God has not just called us to be individuals standing alone, but he has called us to be a part of a crew, part of a, a community part of this thing called the church, the body of Christ. He doesn't want us to just find that inner strength in ourselves, but he wants us to all come together with that strength that he has given us so that we might find that inward strength that comes when we push inward as a body. And we depend on one another for the things. You may be stronger in some ways than I am, 
you know, one of the things you find out in a big storm like this is uh, trees, for example, trees are not made to stand on their own, right? They stand on their own, they get blown down in a big storm. But you put them with a whole forest of trees and they have a way of holding each other up. They break the wind for some, they, they hold each other up for the others so that they not, they're not taken down by the storm. And we are called to be a community, that kind of community that, that has that, that sense of unity of purpose, that sense of unity of heart. We say here at Christ Church that we are, we are called to be a compassionate Christian community. And that we take that seriously. That we take that so that in this West Bay, the central West Bay area and beyond, that people might see Jesus because of the way that we don't just live individually, but the way that we live and that we share Christ and we share God's love together. So that inner strength is a blessing. God has made each one of you incredible. And you need to know that because you need to know the, the, the power and the gift that you bring to this body when we come together. But you also need to know that that wasn't meant to be your own, just kind of known by yourself, on your own, alone, out there, working you and Jesus. It was meant to be brought into the body that we might be the body of Christ. And what Peter talks about, he says, there's this multifaceted grace of God that people see when they see the body working together. Because they say, oh, Jesus looks like that, but Jesus looks like that and that. And it's, it's like multifacets. It's like facets on a diamond. They get to a different angle and they see a different aspect of God's grace and his love through each one of us. Amen? From the beginning, God made it clear that, it was, that we were not supposed to be alone. Community and connection were a big part of what he was about. In the beginning, in Genesis, it says, it says, God said, let us make, man, uh, make mankind, humankind, in our image. And he says, and he made them male and female. But he says, let us make mankind in our image. Why did he say that? Because from eternity past to eternity future, God himself, we say one God, three persons. God has been a community. It has always been Father, Son, and Holy Spirit from the beginning to the end. So God, when he says, let us make mankind, humankind in our image, he's not just saying, I'm going to make this one person in my image. He's saying, I'm going to make a person that can then be a part of a larger group, this larger community, so that they can truly reflect me. So he gets there, and what we find is that here's Adam. He creates Adam, and in the midst of this creation where he's looked at everything else, and he says, you know, that's good, that's good, that is great, that is awesome, that's very good, that's good. And he looks at Adam standing alone, and he goes, oh, that's not good. It wasn't good that Adam was alone, so he made Eve, so you could start seeing the beginning. Eve, who was this first step in creating this community that would, would reflect the fullness of God's image, of God's purpose. And through that, then you see the larger community forming of family and then of generations and of people and culture and nations. You see this larger groupings of people because community and connection is a huge part, always has been a huge part of what it means to be humans who are created in the image of God. Has always been. 
And not only that, but it ends up that community and connection has been a large part of what it just means to be alive and on this planet. I was watching this documentary the other day, and this was not one of those, you know, over kind of spiritualized kind of weird documentaries of some funky person with a weird kind of theory about this was scientists studying trees and you know what they found they say you know what trees talk with each other they talk through this there's this whole network this is kind of gross but there's this network of fungus that grows just under the surface of the ground and they speak to each other through it they send nutrients to, they have studied and they say they literally will take, if they have a pocket of nutrients that they know the other trees need, they will take what they need and send the rest out. You will have trees that will slow their own growth down because they sense that there are younger trees trying to gain a foothold. So they give them space. And they don't just do it with their own species, they do it across species. So we know that Birds have flocks. We know that fish have schools. But it ends up that trees have this thing, this community called the forest. And you see the same interactions, even though they're not moving. They're not, they're not talking to each other, but they're still connected in this community. Because life that reflects the creator God who has been eternity past to eternity future has been community. All life reflects this sense of connection and community. It's just a part of what it means to be a part of creation. So it makes sense knowing that in this creation, this is astounding, kind of amazing individuals that are a part of it, and that there's this also broader thing called community. It makes sense that when God began, initiated, kind of launched his people in the Old Testament, his Old Testament people of Israel, that he would start with this one person, this Abraham, right? You look at him and you go, he was an amazing person who followed God. And he actually wasn't an amazing person alone, right? Because Sarah had a pretty big part in this story, didn't she? So actually, even Abraham had this small community that God started with. It says he started with one and made a nation. No, he didn't. He started with at least two and made a nation. But then out of that, he builds this community, this nation that becomes his people. And it's full of these individuals that stand out. And we love to hear the stories about these heroes of the faith. But we know that none of those heroes would have survived. They wouldn't have made it had they not been a part of it, had they not been raised up to be the people that God had called them to be. Had they not been surrounded by the people that were supporting them that they needed to be. Had they not been connected to even God and one another in community. It makes sense that in the New Testament, in the same way, and God would start with this individual, his own son, Jesus, who was God in human flesh, who took on human form and literally started with one. But Jesus was a part of community too. He said always the Father was with them, always the Spirit was with them. He starts and he raises up this body. We have these many members that have these unique perspectives, unique functions, the unique giftings and ministries and very powerful, strong, amazing people, but all called together in this community. In Hebrews 10.25, which was the verse, it was the verse I was going to use last week, but Hebrews 10.25, it says, that's why we don't neglect coming together as is the habit of some. 
We don't neglect coming together. We, don't, we, we come together. We draw together every time we have the chance because we get to see what God's going to do with his whole people instead of just what God's going to do with me. You guys, you know, it struck me as I was looking at that. I want to throw this out to you. So do the numbers 1025 jump out to any of you guys at all? Hebrews 1025, anybody? Some of you work with the youth group who know that our youth group is called 1025. Why? Because we're sitting here at 1025 Main Street. That's our address. That's where we live. You think that maybe this verse would have jumped out at us a little and said, you know what, maybe we should lean into this thing of we ought to get together and find out what the body of Christ is all about. I think we could take that one up and just make it kind of a banner. This is our verse. This is what we're going to find out all about this year in the next coming year. Let's lean into this thing. What does it mean that God has called us together and we are not those who neglect coming together because we believe that when the body of Christ comes together, there's stuff that happens that doesn't happen in any other way. When he brings this amazing group of people together, we can accomplish things. We can pray for things. We can see things happen because this is what God has wired us for. He has physically wired us for community in creation. He has spiritually created us for community in his body through Christ. And he calls us to be this community. Why? Because it means that we will be just like him and we will reflect him in this world. So for us, we've taken this idea of pulling together, right? And pulling together, actually, the reason we took that name was because it can mean two things. One is we see this inward pull where the Holy Spirit is pulling us together as the body. And I want you guys to know there's this inward pull where the Spirit pulls us together. There should always be the sense that he is drawing you into the body because that's what he does. But there's also this outward pull where once we're together, we have the opportunity then to pull together and do the work. We get to Go to God's work, and it's like that, that picture that we have where we have many hands pulling on the same rope. We're doing the same work to accomplish the things that God has put us in here that, so that we might see that his kingdom would come, his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, that we would get his work done together. So we are pulling together as the body of Christ to be the body of Christ so that together we can pull and do the work that he has called us to do. So question for you this morning, first question is this. Do you feel the tug of the Holy Spirit drawing you inward to be a part of the body, to be involved in the body, investing your gifts, your talents, your time into the body? Because I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you that if he has called you to be a part of this church, he is calling you to be a part of this church. If he has called you to this place, he, he has wired you, he has gifted you so that you might be a part of what he is doing here so that in you and through you, he might be working out his, that strength that he has put in you. So are you cooperating with that, that pull? Do you feel the tug of Christ drawing you to be a part of the ministry here, be a part of the body here? And the reason I ask that is because in this next week, in the next couple of weeks leading into the fall, we launch every fall and we have a lot of different groups that you can get into that you can get into so that you can connect with other people within this church. We have what are called our rooted groups. 
which are kind of those first steps where you can step into and you say, I don't know exactly what church is about. It's a 10-week kind of group that you get to get to know other people that are kind of newer to this place, and you get to find out together, this is what church is. This is in this is what church means. This is what it means to be the body. This is who you are. This is how we participate. That's our rooted groups. We have our C3 community groups. We said we're a compassionate Christian community. One, two, three. Compassion groups are C1 groups, Christian groups. Those are discipleship groups, C2. C3 is community groups. So these are the groups that we invest in, that we spend time with other people just to get to know each other to learn together, to share our lives together, to pray with each other. We have our C3 groups. We have men's studies. We have women's studies. We have mixed studies. We have, we have an opportunity this fall. We're going to start, Cheryl's going to start, Pastor Cheryl is going to start what's called the Old Testament boot camp. For those of you who are feeling like, I just get lost when I get in that place, man. You're right? I, I get to the old part of the Bible. I don't even know where I am. She's going to take you through that so that you can get, you can learn with other people about your faith, that you can get better oriented to the word of God together. Why? Because we're a community. It's fine if you want to do that alone, but it's a lot more fun if you do it together. Ecclesiastes, did you hear what it said? We get a lot more work done when we do that work together. If there's a threat to be overcome, we overcome it together. There's a challenge, we overcome it together. Woe to the one who tries to take on some of that stuff alone. Woe to you if you try and take on the Old Testament alone. <laughs> All of this to help you share. So how, how is God calling you to get involved in, connected to his body this fall? You guys be thinking about that. This is not an add-on. Community is not an add-on for those who follow Christ. Community is an essential. We've been created for it. It is God's purpose for us. So how will you get involved? Along the lines of that second one, question, how will you respond to God's call to be a part of that that wider group, not just to pull together and be a community, but then to do his work together. Are there things that you could be plugging in to be a part of what God is doing in this place? As long as there are broken people in this world, and I think all we have to do is, you don't even have to look around this world, if, around this room. I could say, look around this room, you'll see broken people. If you just keep looking at me, you'll see a broken people, Right? Every one of us is broken. As long as this world is filled with broken people, as long as it has broken systems in it that leave people out on the sides or they fall through the cracks, as long as it has those kind of disasters that we have seen just in this past week, think of what we have seen stacked in this past week. We had a hurricane that came here. We have a hurricane down in the Gulf Coast. Coast. We have a war that's coming to an end, but refugees that are fleeing from the Middle East. We have a pandemic that continues to rage on throughout our world. That's just this week. And as long as we have that kind of stuff going on, there's work to be done. And we say, we've been put here to be the body of Christ, not to just to come together, but to do that work, to pull together. So where's that place that God would have you plug in? Because along with community connection groups, we have a lot of opportunities in this church, to be involved in impacting other people's lives with the gospel and with the love of Christ.
On Fridays, we have our care center you can get involved with. On, on, uh, uh, we also have what's called our furniture connection. That there are several people in this church that have kept plugging along with that, that we, we, have, we take in furniture that some people don't need, and we get it to those who do. And we find that, that as the refugee numbers keep going up and more and more of them flood into our state, they come to this place and they don't have anywhere to live, and they also don't have anything to furnish it with when they get here. This has been a huge ministry to immigrants and, and refugees. We also have opportunities to help those refugees. We've, we've collected, uh, we've had bags of uh, necessities that we put together that we worked with Dorcas International to put together for them. That's how we can impact in this region. We can impact even further away. We've had the opportunity this last couple of months to be, we knew we couldn't go on, a, on the literal mission trips that often we do. You know, we go on work trips and we go to different places, whether it's South America or whether it's uh, to East Asia or whether it's down into Africa or wherever it is, we've gone to these places to help the churches there and to build and to be involved in that mission of bringing the, the word of Christ and the, the love of God to these places. Well, we couldn't do that this year, but we had two virtual mission trips. And some of you guys were, had the opportunity to be a part of that. You guys look for those opportunities. If God is calling you to go beyond maybe this region, maybe God is calling some of you guys to think of you know, when Katrina hit, there was an enormous need for people to just go down and be involved in cleanup. We know that when we saw the, the tornado in Joplin, that was not near the size of devastation. It was huge. But the whole region came together. And it was all summer long we would send teams out to Joplin to just clean up on the weekends. We'd spend days and hours there to help that town, just one town, get on its feet. Well, maybe God's putting on your heart to go be a part of that. Maybe God has put on your heart to help out in this place. We need camper operators. If you look around the room, look around the room if you're in here, and look who's operating our cameras. Okay, we got one. And he comes out of our youth group. And we thank our youth group and we thank the parents that allow their kids to be a part of this, their, their teens to be a part of this. You guys, I got to tell you, Don, would you agree? If they can train you or they can train me on a soundboard, they could train anybody in this room on a soundboard. Maybe God's calling you to do that. Maybe God's calling you to come alongside with Lauren. Lauren's going into her, her fall this year, and she has, a, she has a full-time job on campuses working with college students. She has been holding up our youth ministry and holding up our children's ministry for about the last two months, last for the, for the summer, for sure. And she's been invested and involved for longer than that. Well, you've been children's ministry for longer than that, but she's been doing both. She needs some help. She needs some people that will step up and be that team that will oversee so that we can continue to be effective in our kids' life. You guys, we have opportunities and if you can't do any of that because you're worried about the pandemic, you're worried about getting together with groups of people, you can still be praying, you can still be connecting, you can still be showing up online. Because we need to be the body of Christ. We need to be coming together so that we can be doing the work of God together. You guys, this has been a tough year. It's been a tough two years. 
is stretching out. We're finding that people are kind of drifting off. We're finding them kind of drift off and disappear. Disconnect. Just kind of goes spinning off. And we weren't made for that. As we, we try to gather people back together for worship, we try to gather us back for ministry, we try to gather us back for prayer. Realize that that is what we're called to. That's what we were created for. Because as long as there's work to be done, we have been the ones who are called to do it. In the name of Jesus. In his strength with the resources and the power he's given us. I want to tell you that in spite of this pandemic, in spite of hurricanes, in spite of anything else that will come up, I believe that this coming year could be the greatest year for this church. Now, I I could say that every year, probably, but I want you to know that this year included. I believe that if we step up and we decide to be the church that God has called us to be, be the community, draw together as a community, and do the work together, learn how to live together, how to love each other, and how to love others together. I believe this could be the greatest, church, the greatest year Christ Church has ever seen. Now, Lyle, I love that you're here. <laughs> and God, I, I know that Lyle, who um, had pastored this church for 20 years, would love to see this church go into another season of immense and incredible fruitfulness. Because as pastors, as, as those who follow Christ, that is our, that's our heart, is to see God's church rise up and be healthy, be powerful, be effective in the work and the ministry that God has called us to. I want to leave you with the words of Hebrews 10.25. We started in Ecclesiastes, but I want to leave you with those words that stood out to me. Those words that I think that we need to take and really take seriously. Listen to these words in Hebrews 11. It's actually, or Hebrews 10. It's actually 24 I start in, but it goes into 25. It says, let's think of ways to motivate each other to acts of love and good works. Let's not neglect meeting together, as some do, but rather let's encourage each other. And all the more as we see the day of Jesus' return drawing near. Let's be the church. Let's pull together so that together we might do God's work. We might pull together. Amen?